Hello again, everybody. It is time once again for the Mainland Podcast. This is episode number 282. If you're following along at home, why would you be? I don't know. I don't know why we even track these things. It's just another episode. I guess that's so if you start listening to the show, you can go, wait, 282? I already listened to this one. Because you're definitely memorizing these. Anyway, my name is Michael Citro, <laughs> after all of that. And uh, I am the manager, managing editor, man, and founder of the Mainland.com, the SB Nation website covering uh, Orlando City, the Orlando Pride, and all things soccer-related in the city. Beautiful. Joining me, as always, up in Tallahassee is Dave Rowe. Dave, it's going to be a long show because I've already been talking for an hour for another program, and uh, so this is going to be, uh, well, as we've already seen, a sloppy show. Yeah, so it sounds like you're already you know, like you're already going 60 miles an hour. I'm going to have to catch up. Um, it doesn't bode well, but then again, when does it ever? So, you know, <laughs> the, I guess the, the good thing for me is I'm feeling much better this week as the uh, COVID has passed. Nice. And I, all well again that's good um yeah my main problem is that my brain can't keep up with my mouth and i've already like i said i've already been talking for an hour for another show and we've already had our first skype failure so hopefully we've been disaster proofed at this point yes that that would be the hope all right let us just dive right in to the news of this week of course we got to uh, go out at least I did, got to go out to the stadium on Friday to see Orlando City play the Colorado Rapids. And it was mainly a first-choice lineup for Oscar Pereja on Friday night. Uh, Got to see the debut in purple of Facundo Torres. So that was interesting. Mm -hmm. As the 21-year-old was in the lineup. Uh, We also saw Cesar Araujo, and uh, we... Uh, did not see Antonio Carlos because Antonio Carlos continues to have visa issues, as we learned on Monday at Media Day. And uh, they expected him two weeks ago. He's not here yet. Uh, they expected him maybe, maybe today, maybe. maybe. They're not, not really sure. And I believe he's not the only one having issues uh, with a visa. Uh, but he is the only one that actually isn't here. I think there are others that are, are, are have not been able to actually play because of issues. I believe that might be why Junior Urso has not been on the field, but um, we didn't get confirmation of that. I didn't actually get to ask questions uh, during media day. I was um, planning to go down to the press conference. I got some stuff moved around at work, and I ended up having to tune in uh, about 10 minutes late uh, through the stream. So it wasn't an ideal media day for me, uh, but it is what it is. Anyway, back to Friday night, Colorado Rapids came to town, and Orlando City got on the board very early in this game, Dave, and it was much to my surprise, uh, not to my surprise this part, Juan getting up the right lane and sending a cross into the box, but the surprising part is that the person on the end of the cross was center back Robin Janssen, who put it in the net and made it one nothing. So two things there. One, the cross from Juan, was it a good cross? It was a very good cross, and it really didn't need to be pinpoint because uh, there was a lot of space. Okay, so that's first thing. Hopefully that's a, uh, a something that we'll see a lot more of this season. If he's Because mm-hmm. if, if he's worked out his cross, man, that's going to be fantastic. And then secondly, 
Robin Janssen, you got to love him getting a goal right off the bat. And um, we want plenty more of those for him this coming season. So all good there. Yeah, big, uh, big offensive start for the beefy Swede, who I got to say, we got to see him in person after the game. It's been a long time since we've actually gotten to go to a press conference and sit in the same room with these people after a game. It's usually been Zoom calls the last two years. And the beefy Swede looks uh, very svelte. He's looking good. Well in shape and uh, and ready for the season. I like to hear it. Yeah. So one nothing, And it, I have to say that it was a very... I don't want to say it was a boring game, Dave. Uh, it was a cagey game. It was very largely played between the two uh, penalty areas, especially in the second half when the team started to tire. But both... Uh, both teams seem to want to see how late in the game their you know their guys could go. They're trying to get build up some game fitness. Um, Orlando didn't make any real changes till you know an hour in, and they tried to leave even guys like uh, Araujo and and Torres. Even though it was Torres's first game, they left them out there until very very late. I think Araujo played the full ninety, and I think Torres came off like with just a few minutes left to play, and there was no stoppage time. So. But one nothing. Uh, there were some opportunities for the Lions to get a second. There were really some some chances there that they just weren't able to kind of connect that last little bit. Um, I thought, for my money, I thought Benji Michelle struggled a bit in this game. I thought Alexander Pato struggled a bit in this game. Um, as Pato was playing up top as the the striker because Erchan Kara uh, got hurt last week. Although he has. Uh, returned to training, so that's good news, and is anticipating being back in the lineup by opening day, which is now, as you and I record this, uh, what, 12 days away? Yeah, not far, and man, how good of news is it having Kara talking about being available for opening day when, you know, what, a week ago we were speculating, oh, God, how many months is it going to (laughs) be? Right. Um, So, yeah, that was all good news, and... um, but uh, you know some of those guys weren't weren't playing that great. I thought Araujo looked really good in terms of you know he still doesn't know system maybe as well as he will, and maybe doesn't know his teammates as well as he will. I thought he played pretty well though. I thought uh, Sebas Mendez played pretty well. They kind of played a double pivot uh, with Araujo getting forward a little bit more than than Mendez. Um, Pereira was pulling the strings. He looked pretty good. He helped out kind of creating that first goal. It was a pass to. Uh, from Robin Janssen to Mauricio Pereira. Pereira found uh, Torres over on the a little bit closer to the right side. Torres made a nice pass to Spring Juan, and Juan made the final pass to uh, Robin, who, uh, as he said after the game, uh, he just kept going to get a give-and-go from Mauricio. Mauricio ended up sending out to the right, and then he didn't see anybody in the box, so he just kept running. <laughs> Which is the right thing to do. So we we talked about last season how he uh, he was continually pushing upfield further. You know, I think the man really wants to score some goals. So uh, let's let's let him do that every once in a while. And he's deceptive when he gets back on defense. He he, he closes space pretty good for a big man. I think that we have found our depth striker. <laughs> we just. So uh, he he starts at uh, at center back, and then um, around the what seventieth minute, um, we bring Schlegel in and move him up top. I'm all for it. 
I think he's got really he's got good instincts and you know he seems to find the net. I don't know. He's he's, uh, he's being confident, and that's that's what you need. So uh, one nothing till very late in the first half when um, the uh, the visitors were able to equalize on a ball from the right side. Uh, Keegan Rosenberry put a ball back to the back post, and I'm not sure because you don't really get the same types of replays for these preseason matches as you would for a, a game that's televised. It was hard to tell where his uh, where uh, Diego Rubio came from, but the the upshot was he was in behind the defense uh, at the back posts for uh, you know basically a tap in. There's nothing Galese could do about it, and it was tied one one in stoppage time of the first half. So it was one one going into halftime, Dave, and then the second half, like I said, was basically played between the the two penalty areas for most of it, and uh, neither team really giving an inch and um, you know very defensive minded game, and it ended one one. This is where I remind everybody that preseason matches are exactly that, and you know the the both clubs are going to be trying different things out, like you said, keeping players in longer than maybe they would, especially guys who haven't had a lot of time yet. A lot of this is going to change, so you know put as much stock into it as you want, but we are we are nowhere near freak out time we're not we're <laughs> no. not even. We're not even in the the country of freakout time. So, I mean, Colorado's a good team, and they're better than yeah. than they were much better than Dallas last year. So, a, a draw against Colorado means a little bit more than a a loss against Dallas, especially when uh, Cara was out of the game. Still don't have Antonio Carlos here. Junior Urso wasn't available. Um, so, you know, and there's no real game planning for these games. It's just throw your 11 guys out there, kind of give them an idea what you want them to do and let them go. Yeah. And just kind of see what happens. Plus it was Torres's first, uh, first match, you know, first time in competition for the lions. Uh, Cara wasn't there, you know, so there, it was a first choice lineup of people, you know, players that were available, Mm -hmm. not the first choice lineup that we would hope to see on opening day. Right, and there were a lot of starters in for Colorado as well. It was it was a mixture for both teams a little bit, but um, they the takeaway really for me was that Oscar seemed pretty happy with the way things were progressing. They're not where he wants them to be yet, but he's he's he seemed very satisfied with where they are versus where they were a week ago, and that's what you want in preseason. You want to be working towards what that final product's going to look like. So. Uh, one of the things that I wanted to point out was that the, at game time, I was extremely disappointed in the attendance, but there were some issues, I guess, on the 408 and some late arrivals. And, you know, 15 minutes after kickoff, that place looked pretty good. The east side was, uh, the lower deck was all full on the eastern side, and there were a lot of people in the upper deck. And um, what was looking like a pretty meager uh, standing section uh, filled in pretty nicely too, so a, a pretty good turnout for a preseason game. And um, in the end, because when kickoff happened, I was like, "Holy moly, where is everybody?" <laughs> well, and that's good to hear. I mean, <laughs> the with all the you know prodding and and consternation from uh, Orlando City supporters over the you know getting to actually go see a preseason match. If if they hadn't showed up, that would have been a a bad message to send. So I'm, I'm glad 
that um, it ended up being what I would have hoped, you know, a, a good showing with good noise and everybody having a good time. And it sounds like it was that. Yeah. Yeah, at kickoff, I was thinking uh, Dave's not going to write any more columns because, <laughs> you know, he gets a, he gets his way, gets the game opened up, and no one goes. Uh, but yeah, it was it was just a little bit late arrival. There were some traffic issues. Our, our Sean Rollins was there, and he said it took him a long time to get in. I I didn't have any trouble when I went, but of course I go I go down to the stadium very early because the press gate opens early, and, and we right. all go down there. And and so I was down there fairly fairly early. I think I checked in. I want to say 5.15-ish for a 7 o'clock kickoff, so I'm certain to get there you know, long before a lot of the people that are arriving for a 7 o'clock game. Yeah, well, that's, look, people showed up. That's what matters, mm-hmm. and, you know, it, and I assume that there was a good turnout, um, obviously, for the match itself and being able to get there and, and hang out with your fellow supporters, but also, I mean, the charity part of it had to be a uh, uh, a benefit as well. Yeah, and I believe our guest uh, that we will talk to in a bit has some information about uh, what was, you know, what was dropped off and the, the donations and all of that stuff. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, we mentioned that uh, Kara was back in training. That's a big deal. Uh, you want your designated player to be in the games, and it looks like he'll be <laughs> in the games. Um, Antonio Carlos visa issues we touched on. Uh, hopefully he'll get here. I hope there's a backup plan. Uh, I don't. I don't know what's what's going on, but uh, you don't normally see a player who's in his third season having issues getting into the country. It could be yeah. that he's applied for a green card and is waiting for that to to finalize. Uh, we didn't really get any details on that. Just that they expected this to be all wrapped up by now, and so. It's basically a, a day-to-day situation for Antonio Carlos. Um, one other piece of news that came out of media day on Monday, Dave, was that they're working on a new contract for Pedro Galese, which is fantastic because Pedro is fantastic, very good goalkeeper, and uh, we look forward to having El Pulpo uh, for a lot longer talked about it before how he's one of the top five in mls so getting that contract done kind of important yeah sounds like they're wanting to get, lock him up for two or three years which would be good be even better if the peruvian could get his green card and not take up an international spot and mm-hmm. uh give us a uh give us a few more good years here in orlando so uh we're looking forward to that from el pulpo uh, let's see. What else do we got? Uh, we had a, uh, we got a new player, Dave. Yeah, we really do. We've got a player named, uh, Freeman. In fact, uh, he is a homegrown player, Alex Freeman. He's, you've, you've probably heard his name because he's, uh, he's actually been on the field in some of these preseason games, including the other night. And that's always good to hear. Uh, he is a defender. He's 17 years old. Um, rumor has it he's the son of Antonio Freeman, former Green Bay Packer. Great. Wow. Okay, cool. Good bloodlines there. He's from Fort Lauderdale. Been in the academy. Uh, he helped the academy U-17 team win the uh, the championship last year, the uh, MLS Next Cup, as you might recall. Yeah. Uh, 
which is a huge, huge uh, feather in the cap for the academy. This has not been an academy that's been, you know, firing players into the, into MLS, uh, you know, and into the starting lineup like, you know, we've seen in Philadelphia and Dallas and places like that. But it's a good step forward for the academy. The academy seems to be growing, seems to be developing, and, you know, more resources are getting put into it. Obviously, Luis Muzi and Oscar Pereja, big believers in the academy and the 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 need for a strong academy. They talked on media day about uh, being happy about OCB coming back and playing in MLS next pro, which is probably where we'll see Freeman play most of the year rather than on the first team. Uh, But it's good. He's the 12th homegrown player in club history. And while it's always good to get more homegrowns going, I will point out that last year they signed a kid named Raul Aguilera who they've decided not to pick up his contract option and it doesn't always work out. It doesn't, but having those guys move up, especially, you know, within the Orlando city system is important because it says to prospective players, Hey, this is some place you can come in, develop and have the opportunity to make it to the highest level of MLS, you know, the highest level in America. So it's, it's just, it's good business and it's good soccer. So, yeah, you're right. He's going to be mostly with OCB, which is fine. He's 17 years old. We don't need him to be a wonderkin that comes, uh, you know, and, and makes the starting lineup for Orlando City. These guys that are OCB, they're getting training time with the, the first team, and that's going to help their development. And eventually, if they're able to make the jump, then they'll they'll already have a bit of experience in that respect. Indeed. All right, so uh, big news there. Um, There's really not a lot else to say. We talked about the players didn't get their contracts uh, uh, renewed. A couple of homegrowns, including Raul Aguilera, Jordan Bender, and David Loera. Uh, Another guy who didn't get his contract option picked up was Rio Hope Gund. He is signed with D.C. United's USL Championship affiliate, Loudoun United. And... uh, Former Lion great, both in the USL and MLS, Dom Dwyer, is a trialist in Atlanta, Dave. Yeah, I saw a lot about this on Twitter and, you know, the photo of him in the jersey and, you know, some people, you know, saying stuff. And I don't care. I really don't. You know, look, Dom was Dom was great for us in USL. Dom did pretty good not as good for us in mls but you know what, what's going to happen if he goes to atlanta you know one of two things he either revitalizes his career which will be good for him or he does what he did here and you know misses a bunch of sitters and you know atlanta fans get to feel the consternation that orlando fans did for a while uh, i don't i don't care i really don't it's it's not yeah I'm not butthurt about it. It's, uh, you know, yeah. players got to play. And if players gets an opportunity to go play somewhere, they're going to go play somewhere. You got an opportunity to trial with a, a team that should be a playoff team this year. I mean, it's not the only Orlando player that's gone there. We've uh, seen other players go there, including uh, Breck Shea and Mikey Ambrose. I mean, it's, it's not the first. So, I, I mean, I, I don't – I. I would like to see Dom resurrect his career in some form, but he's not going to be a starting 
striker there with Joseph Martinez there. So, you know, yeah. whatever. Well, and, and you look from a, from a human standpoint, uh, Atlanta to Orlando is a lot closer than other places. And he is a father and his kids are in Orlando. So, you know, if that makes it easier for him in that respect, then it makes it, you know, better for those kids. I'm, I'm good with that. I'm, there's, you know, let's, let's keep the human side above all the rest of it. I'm really of the opinion that we should all be good humans and we shouldn't like, I, I think there's far too much anger and stupidity when it comes to, um, people deciding how to feel about other people who are wearing a different colored shirt at the game because they happen to be from that area. Um, they're just people that are there to support their team. They're not any kind of the enemy. They're not any kind of awful beings. They're not monsters. They're just people who didn't happen to grow up in the same place that you did. And so they have different affiliations for a different team that kicks a ball around for fun. Yeah, let's let's dial back the aggro. Yeah, I think so. I think it's 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 all banter is fine. Um, actual being a jerk is not. Uh, that is an official uh, stand from the mainland podcast because we're yeah. in agreement. Yeah. Uh, all right, uh, Dave, are you excited about getting a new away kit this week? I'm potentially excited about getting a new away kit this week. Um, I'm I've never been a uh, away kit you know, white Jersey kind of guy. Cause most of the time they're not as good as the home Jersey, yeah, but you know, they're teasing us with that, uh, little Pato record, uh, looking thing. And, and, uh, so I'm, I'm excited to see what it looks like. And then next week I'll let you know if it's something that I'm going to buy. Yeah. So on social, what you're talking about, Dave is on social, uh, the, the club, uh, posted like a picture. It's like a square picture of Pato where the, the shirt is cut out and they're showing like the sunset behind them or sunrise. I'm not sure which it is. I think if it's taken where I think it's taken, it has to be the sunset because it'll be on the West side of the stadium, but sunrise or sunset, uh, they're teasing that there might be some form of coloration and it won't be just be a plain white t-shirt. Uh, I hope that's the case because I don't like the plain white t-shirt look. Yeah, no, neither do I, which is why I don't have any plain white t-shirt look jerseys and i would love to be able to get a away jersey and i'm really hoping that they knock this one out of the park well we'll find out later this week i don't typically get crazy about gear i either like something or i don't like it but it's not that big a deal because i don't really like i'm not a guy who collects all the jerseys so i have the one that i like the best the the home jersey with the collar that's my favorite one yeah, that one was my favorite. I have that one because that one I liked enough to buy it. But typically it, it doesn't. It's like when the new ball comes out for MLS. Everybody's like, ooh, and I'm like, eh, it's a ball. Except for yeah. this year. I actually think this year's ball is really quite ugly. But a lot of <laughs> people seem to like it. Well, like you, I have the I have the 2017 because I like jerseys with collars. Uh, I do have a thick and thin because uh, I thought that I like the coloration, the, you know, the black and the purple. So I, I do have a thick and thin. Um, so I'm, I, like I said, I'm, I'm not opposed to buying jerseys. I've got plenty of, you know, jerseys from my various teams. Um, you know, I'm willing to spend the money, but only on something that I'm actually going to wear. Yeah. Do we, uh, I mean, 
the thick and thin jersey, the problem with it is if I put it on, it's just thick. <laughs> I well, There's I no thin. <laughs> That's why I bought it. I was hoping that, you know, they said thick and thin. I already had the thick part covered. I thought maybe it would help with the thin. Did not do so. So poor advertising there. Yeah, I think I would sue. See, this is supposed to make me look thick and thin, but as you can it's, see, <laughs> it's, it's only thick. And so, I, yeah, I, I got I the I got address. a defective one. I need to exchange this. <laughs> worth worth a try. Exactly. All right. Um, any uh, one other uh, thing from the men's side? I, I don't know if this is even um, really a big deal, but some people might care. Uh, that Chris Mueller scored his first goal for Hibs this week. You know what? Uh, good for good for Mueller. I'm I'm happy for him. I I don't want him to have a bad career or anything like that. I want him to go on and have a good career. It's not like he's playing against Orlando. I know that some people are are you know hurt about some of the things that he said since he's been there. Let it go. You know, if he goes on and has a great career, you know. At some point, they're going to look back, you know, oh, well, where do you start? Orlando City. And it ends up being a good thing for us. Yeah. So It's a good yeah. advertisement for the club for him to go over there and be uh, very good at soccer. And I'm I'm happy that he scored a goal. I hope he scores a lot of goals. It doesn't make any difference to me. I hope he doesn't score any against Celtic. That's all. Yeah, not against Rangers. So, you know, we're, uh, other than that, for the two of us, we're good with him scoring goals. Yeah. Uh, I found out this week because I'm doing my my uh, my I'm binging Succession that Hibbs is uh, Logan Roy's team of choice. Oh well, okay then. That I'm not sure if that makes sense or not, but it's that's a good bit of trivia. Yeah. So uh, when he scores, uh, Logan Roy, fictional character Logan Roy, would be very happy. Yes, there you go. <laughs> if if he indeed gets happy about anything. Um. I think he probably does, and that you know what, that might be one of the few things he actually gets happy about because it's not any of his children. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I mean, you've seen them. What's there to be happy about? Also true. Yeah. All right, uh, that's going to do it for this first segment. I am very excited about this week's guest. Yes, I'm sure you are as well. So why don't we get to this week's guest, and we'll do that right after this. All right, this week on the Mainland Podcast, we're very happy to have with us the president of business operations for Orlando City Soccer Club, Jared Dillon is with us. Jared, thanks for being with us. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Looking forward to uh, chatting with you, Michael and Dave. Yeah, so we uh, we got to, well, Dave got to sit down and, and have a conversation with you recently, but I haven't uh, met you yet, so I wanted to, to kind of start things off by just asking you how you've settled in with the club. You haven't been here very long. Um, what what have you been up to, and, and how quickly have you transitioned into this new role? No, I look forward to meeting you, too, so we'll have to get you out to a match we can meet in person. That'd be fun, and uh, yeah, I had the chance to meet with Dave in person. Had a great conversation, and Dave, just again appreciate the opportunity to sit down and, and talk and uh, to uh, learn. Uh, thank a you. A lot of the feedback that you had, so thank yeah. you. Yeah, thanks. Gosh, what? Uh, I guess I'm. I think I'm week six now. It's all it's Groundhog Day, gentlemen. I got to take all all kind of running <laughs> together and uh, 
especially, you know, when you're blending, you know, personal and work and you get the family and all those things too, and you're moving and new jobs and, and new, uh, new communities and whatnot. So I believe I'm week six, um, forgive me if I'm off a day or two there. Uh, but, uh, it's, it's been great. I've been spending, you know, a lot of time so far on, on really what I, I try to call my listening tour for lack of a better term. And, you know, I'm, I'm really focused internally, um, on our employees and our, and our staff and really getting to know my teammates and, um, getting to sit down with every individual and learn a little more about them, who they are, where they're from, how long they've been with us, uh, what they see as, you know, the things we do really well things that they think we need uh, to work on, you know, opportunities to get better. Uh, so it's been really, really good. I mean, it's going to take a while, you know, we got roughly 150 employees, so it's going to take a better part of a couple months, uh, but enjoying it. Uh, and then externally, uh, starting to meet with all of our key stakeholders, uh, season ticket member groups, uh, you know, focus groups, um, our supporter groups, um, folks like yourself that are really close to obviously uh, the, the clubs and, uh, over the years and just great feedback and interacting with fans on Twitter uh, and just trying to do the best that I can to kind of listen and, and understand that um, obviously we can get better in a lot of different, different ways, but that starts with listening uh, in my opinion. And uh, the third, the third piece I would th- throw out there is also just the, the broader community spending a lot of time with Kay Rollins and our community uh, team and <clears throat> reaching out and meeting all the different stakeholders, community leaders, civic leaders um, in and around the, uh, uh, Orlando. So it's, it's been great. It's been a lot of conversations and a lot of listening, like I said, but you know, after doing that for, for a while, you start understanding where there might be opportunities uh, for us to, you know, to, to improve. So it's mm-hmm. been helpful. Well, Jared, speaking of that, I mean, obviously, you know, you and I had a conversation, which was, which was great. And I really appreciated that. Um, I know that you've since then, like you said, sat down with uh, supporter groups and season ticket members and all that. What what else are you hearing uh, from from those uh, folks? You know that's maybe a little different than what you and I talked about, or or emphasize what you and I talked about. Yeah, I think overall the thing that has been by far the thing most consistently communicated to me above all else is just the the, the passion uh, for the clubs and and I say clubs because city and, and pride and meeting with with group, both groups right and spending time with with supporters of both and season ticket members of both and our corporate partners, our sweet holders, um, you know, all, all those folks. And it's just been the passion, like how badly people here, you know, want to uh, continue to support and root on the clubs and be at the, the matches and see us in the community doing great work and be aligned with us. I mean, the, the passion to see the clubs succeed, um, you know, representing Orlando, um, I, I think is, is great, right? Like you have to have that, you know, um, in any community, you know, I think those are the things you look for is like, how, how are the communities going to support their clubs? And, um, you know, for the last seven years, I've, I've lived in Tampa and so can't claim to, to be an expert on the Orlando community. I, I need to do a lot of listening, get to know a lot of, a lot of people, but I have, you know, been over and, and I have friends here and, and I've listened and heard those things from a distance. But when you're in the mix and you're talking to everybody, you know, th- that's really the biggest thing that shines through. Now, every, every group I would say, Dave has had a little different feedback. And it's great, right? It's it's very nuanced right. based on I think maybe their experience, um, or you know, are they a, a business customer, a season ticket member, a, a family, a uh, corporate sponsor, or, or luxury box holder, or a supporter group? So everybody's feedback might be a little more uh, tailored toward, towards their experience. But I think a couple key takeaways that we're going to work really hard on, and our team is already in in the midst of right now, is 
kind of the overall, what I describe as the overall guest experience at Exploria Stadium. You and I actually talked a little bit about that, that has continued to be kind of mm-hmm. something we've heard. And that is the way I look at that is kind of parking lot to parking lot, doorstep to doorstep. What are we doing as an organization to make it as easy and as enjoyable and as frictionless as possible for you to come to Exploria Stadium for any event, you know, whether it's Pride or City Soccer or some other soccer match or whatever other events we put into that building. Uh, and that's a lot of different key stakeholders. I'm not sure that everybody, if you don't, you know, work in, in, in the front office every day, understands how many people and how many organizations kind of come together to make that, that uh, seamless. Um, but that's for me, stretches across food and beverage experience, security experience, guest service experience, interaction with our ticket customer service team, retail in terms of our merchandise, um, all these different touch points, right, where you have an opportunity um, to make someone's guest experience better. I'll tell you one thing that I've learned, and this is both in practice, talking with my staff, but also speaking with all these, these, these different groups of folks, is that, you know, we haven't had kind of a central point of what is that guest experience look like? You know, what do we aspire for it to be? What are, what are the goals of it? What are, what are the strategies and tactics that are going to lead us there? And then how are we measuring ourselves? What are the, the metrics, right, that we're, we're holding ourselves accountable uh, to make sure that is the best match day experience in professional soccer? And so that's, uh, you know, we certainly don't have all the answers right now, but that's a, a big part of what we're working on. You know, we're gonna, we are going to be hiring a leader in a guest service, guest experience position to help us put that all together and to help us bring all of the different groups together that contribute to anybody's game day experience. Um, that'll be a major part of what we're doing. Um, and we have to be really good at it because, you know, we don't control what happens on, uh, you know, on the pitch, uh, but we can to some extent control what kind of experience you have when you come. Are you greeted warmly? You know, are you having good food and beverage experience? Are you having good customer service? Are you, if you have a question about your tickets, are you getting help in a timely fashion? Or if you have never been to the stadium and you need help getting around from guest services and ushers, ticket takers, et cetera, we need to make sure that we're providing that at every touch point. Um, I'm a consumer just like you guys are. I take my family, my wife, my daughters to events, and like, I pay attention to those things because if I'm going to pay a lot of money, which our fans do, to come out and, 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 and support our teams, you know, we got to make sure you know, we have, a, we have a, a privilege, but we also have a responsibility to make sure they're having a great time seeing that value. And win, lose, or draw, hopefully they're coming back. Right. And they are going out and telling family and friends, you got to come with me. There's nothing like going to a pride or a city match in person. You got to come be there, be part of the atmosphere. Because um, that's that's at the end of the day, what we're trying to do is create the best entertainment and match day experience in professional sports. Jared, you mentioned the passion. And I think it's it. It is something that this this uh, community has for Orlando City. Even when I talk to folks who go out to the occasional game, maybe they, they're not huge soccer fans, but they go to games occasionally, and they always say they have a great time, love the stadium, love the product, love the team. Uh, but there is some concern, I think, among the fan base that despite the fact that the, the city has had its two best seasons ever back-to-back, the attendance hasn't been what maybe it should be. And, of course, a lot of that has to do with the pandemic and, and getting people comfortable coming back to the stadium. What is the challenge for you uh, in getting uh, that number back up to 25,500 uh, you know, on a nightly basis? And 
and what strategies do you have and, and how much commitment from the Wilfs are there or is there in terms of uh, advertising? That's a great question. Um, I think there are a lot of things that go into that. And to me, one of the most important ones is, is getting people to the match because the experience, we believe they're going to have such a great time from, you know, our supporter groups leading the charge and the atmosphere to the guest service experience, which we're going to continue to improve upon. The, you know, the match day experience with everything we have going on with game presentation. You know, we, we feel confident that people will have a good time, like you said, and they'll want to come back, right? So our biggest job from a, a sales, customer service, advertising standpoint is getting people out. I think one of the, you know, one of the challenges we have is we got to make sure we're really good about communication. You know, when are our matches and how do you get tickets? And the second part of that is having a really good value proposition about, you know, your, your ticket pricing. And, the, you know, that's not just your tickets, that's food and beverage in the, in the, in the stadium. That's all the other things, parking. That's, those are, that's all the things like I, as a dad think about, right. It's the total cost of going to an event. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if I'm taking my little girls to see a movie or if I'm going to uh, a soccer match or a college football game, whatever it is, that's top of mind for me. Right. So I know as a consumer, if I'm going to go spend my money with you, cause there's a lot of entertainment options. I don't have to, um, that we have to make sure we're delivering great value. Um, and part of that is the experience, like I said. And so, again, you've heard me say it a couple of times. I don't want to be redundant, but like that's we got to keep getting better at that. I, I also think, you know, from an overall strategy standpoint, one of the biggest things, we're going to focus on some of our biggest matches, right? So we're leaning in really hard right now on City's opening, uh, opening day on February 27th. That's a great opportunity. When you get into that atmosphere and it's sold out or close to sold out, but the capacity crowd and it's just rocking, everybody's been in that venue and, and, and done that before or somewhere else. And you know, that feeling. Um, and listen, we have a lot of matches, you know, I can't sit here and tell you every single game is going to be sold out this next season. Like it probably won't be right. Like we, we, we have to take steps in the right direction, but there's no reason why a handful shouldn't. And we got some amazing matchups and I think great dates and opponents and all those things. And we're going to really lean in from a sales and marketing standpoint on some key inflection points um, that we think are important and we'll continue to grow that. I think the other part of this is how do we get smarter as a, as a sales service and marketing organization on how are we reaching our fans, you know, using technology, um, using all the different things available to us to reach our fans where they want to be reached, not forcing them somewhere to, you know, to go to be able, making it really easy for them to purchase tickets or a mini plan or a season ticket member plan or get some group tickets. We have to have, we have to have a little bit of an overhaul internally and just, our, our, our overall approach to how we are reaching people, connecting with people, uh, and, and, and making it really easy for them to experience um, the, you know, the soccer experience at Explorer Stadium. So I think those are a couple things we are working through right now. Uh, again, it's early. I got, I'm very fortunate. I've got a team of really bright, aggressive, uh, passionate people uh, in the organization that, uh, you know, from sales and marketing, customer service, that want to see that place rocking every single night see Exploria, you know, being the toast of the town. And so we have some work to do. We, we acknowledge that, you know, one of the first things we need to do is what I'm trying to do right now is, you know, really lean into our current season ticket members and supporters that are coming out through thick and thin and understand, Hey, what are we, what are we doing? Well, what are we maybe falling short on expectations? What can we do differently? Um, and so as we put together, you know, timing's a little tough. I'm coming in, you know, a month before opening day. So, We'll try to get as much off the ground as we can by February 27th, but it's going to be a process throughout the entire season. 
And in terms of commitment from the Will family, you know, this, this isn't a, hey, you know, we got one year to figure this out. This is a long-term commitment uh, from the family and investment. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm seeing it firsthand with the investment that they are putting into the organization, uh, budgeting, allowing us to hire back roles that were cut during the pandemic or just, you know, that were, were left open. Uh, we've had a, an, we have an amazing group of people that have been doing a lot of work over the last couple of years. Um, and we need to provide them the resources. And part of that is more help more staff. I think I got 20, 25 roles uh, open across the organization right now. Uh, so it's, a, it's an exciting time. You know, we are, we're going to build a great team. We already have a great team internally, but we're going to continue to build on that and add. And I think all these things eventually lead to us to where we want to be with what you described uh, with attendance back where we're used to it. Well, speaking of attendance, um, obviously you guys did open up uh, the match um, this past weekend and, you know, tied it to the the charity event, which I thought was great. And from everything, unfortunately, I wasn't able to be there, as you and I discussed mm-hmm. earlier. Uh, but from everything I've seen online and all the, the feedback I've gotten, it was well attended and everybody just loved being there. What was what's your perspective on on how that went and how you can carry that forward? Yeah, really encouraging, uh, really encouraging. I, I want to say we had just a, a little over 6,000 people there in the building. Uh, that's almost double from preseason matches from 19 and 20. Um, so, you know, fantastic result. And, you know, we filled up that, that, the whole east side. It was general admission, so folks could sit wherever they wanted to. And we had the, the end zones rocking and supporter groups were out there rocking. It was a great atmosphere. Um, and I think our players really noticed that and, and people were excited. Um, but I look at those metrics, like how many people were out, paid tickets, uh, comparable versus preseason from the past few years, kind of prior to the pandemic. And they were clearly better. So, you know, I think, you know, people speak with their time and people speak with their wallets and that shows that people are excited for city starters to start back up. So we need to continue to build off that momentum we also had uh, that night, it was great. You guys would have appreciated this. We had a group of about 100 uh, sponsors, corporate partners, uh, suite holders, Audi club seat, uh, members, and we had a little, like, you know, little panel in the Westside Club, and uh, Luis Muzi, uh, our GM, uh, our GM on the pride side, Ian Fleming, and our new head coach, Amanda Cromwell, on the pride side, and myself, the four of us, had a kind of a panel Q&A. Uh, with, you know, a bunch of those stakeholders. We had a great time. Our season ticket member team um, had a bunch of folks buy season tickets that night, suites. So it was, I mean, it was, it was a great atmosphere. I was, that, for me, that was, you know, that was my first match as an, as an employee here. And I couldn't have been more proud of our team and the work that was done. And just to get a chance to walk around and experience it and talk to fans and some of our partners and suite holders was a lot of fun. Now, listen, we got work to do. We got a lot of, you know, that was one preseason match. We got a lot of work to do. We got to make sure the stadium is rocking and as full as possible come Sunday, February 27th. Jared, before we let you go, just a couple more quick questions. First of those is, did you guys tally up any kind of um, total for, for like how much food or how many go- how much goods that you, you know were raised for yeah, thank the you. charity? Yeah, thank you. So uh, we had partnered with uh, Christian's uh, Services Center uh, in Paramore, uh, and they had offered a number of different things that they were looking for, anything from, you know, shoes, socks, 
feminine hygiene products, diapers, you know, a bunch of different stuff that, that was high in need. We had over 200, uh, you know, donations uh, from what our team told me. We collected them at all the bins around as people came in. So I think it was a great start to what we hope will be, can, you know, continue to be something that we look to do more often um, and get more intentional about how we're doing it and, you know, specific items. But, you know, I give a lot of credit to our, our stadium operations team and our community relations team when we decided, um, you know, there was a lot of talk about, you know, preseason matches being closed or, or open or how we were handling those. And I can tell you what, when I sat down with Luis and we sat down, we talked about, you know, how to best do this and looked at dates that, you know, the opponents were comfortable with it and how they lined up. This night looked great on a Friday night. And right away when we decided to put the plan together, we're like, you know, listen, listen, how do we make this about the community? How do we do good? Uh, well, you know, well, having fun. And uh, it, it just kind of came together organically internally and was, was really proud of the results and uh, thankful for our, our partners uh, that participated in it. That's great. I'm sure that uh, the people that receive those donations uh, will will appreciate those as well. I want to end on a high note, and I think one of the things that you know Dave and I, especially on our staff, um, are interested in is the specificity of uh, marketing the Orlando Pride. We're very big supporters mm-hmm. of the Pride, and you know we've covered them from the day they were announced, and and the NWSL is a growing league, but it's still in, in many, you know, in many respects, it's still in its infancy. How do you specifically go about marketing the pride, finding the audience for the pride to drive up attendance? And how much of a challenge is it, you know, losing some of those star players in the off season? Yeah. I mean, the pride is a major reason why I came here. Uh, I just want to say that straight away. I mean, I'm a, I'm a father of three young girls who all play youth soccer and I've been coaching them for gosh, going on eight years now uh, between the three of them. And, you know, when I'm, when I'm not working, I'm probably either out at the ice hockey rink or the pitch coaching my girls in ice hockey or soccer. Um, And I can't get enough of it. So a big part of my family and I making the decision to come to Orlando and take on this opportunity was that, you know, I see it as a huge responsibility personally an example for my daughters, for dad to be involved in helping advance women's professional sports. I mean, we are at a turning point for women's professional sports uh, in the world. Uh, Certainly, I think in the U.S., when you look at the NWSL and you look at the WNBA, I think those are the two, you know, dominant biggest women's professional sports leagues in the the world. And we have them here. So the honor, responsibility, privilege to, to run one of those teams, you know, was a big driving force for me. Uh, on how I can make an impact in my career, you know, especially as I look in my little girl's eyes, right, and and, and my wife. So, um, you know, how do we more specifically around the marketing side of it, it's, you know, again, part of it is understanding and spending more time, more research, uh, more focus groups, and really understanding our Pride fan because our Pride fans aren't necessarily our city fans. There's not, there's no, there's not just this, you know, crossover automatic effect, you know, that you, that you might mm-hmm. assume from, from professional soccer. So I think we have to be really uh, specific and really diligent about identifying um, our, our specific pride soccer fans and marketing to them. And again, reaching them where they are, making it easy uh, and engaging with them. I, I had a great opportunity. I think it was maybe my second week, maybe third week on the job here to meet with the Black Swans, um, our, our official supporter group of, mm-hmm. uh, of pride. And, meeting with the six or seven leaders of that group and just kind of hearing their stories and their passion 
and you know why they come out and, and how they get people to come out with them just was really quite frankly inspiring for me so we're going to take a lot of lead uh, from our, our fans themselves do a better job i think of understanding how to reach them and make it as easy and as impactful as possible um and you know like like any i think hopefully good sales and marketing person you need to take a step back and don't drink your own kool-aid don't assume you know the best way to approach every fan about everything I, th I think we have to do our market research i think we have to do more focus groups i think we have to do more um extension into the community of talking going out and talking to people that we think could be pride supporters or at least want to come out and prof uh, support professional women's sports um, so we're going to work really hard at it you know everything we are trying to do internally and i can't say that it was always like this but certainly what we're trying to do every day is city and pride on equal footing when we talk about it in the office how we how we work with both groups um, you know our staff is going to go out um, to see a city match right and spend time with our staff there at the practice facility at the Orlando Health uh, Park training grounds we're going to turn around and do the exact same thing we're doing that this Wednesday we're going to do the exact same thing at Sylvan Lake uh, with the pride in the training ground there like this is a one club mentality and we got to make sure that we're being very intentional about it in our words and our actions most importantly that's good to hear. Um, we're very excited about this, and uh, we're, we're, you know, we've been excited about the Pride since day one. Dave and I, uh, we catch yeah. all the games, yeah. and you know, Dave's a big fan of um, women's soccer. He goes and sees, uh, you know, uh, Florida State up in Tallahassee play all the time. So, yeah, uh, yeah we're yeah, we're excited thing, about it. Add to that too, because uh, you, you mentioned some of the, the the turnover on the roster. You know, spending time with with Ian, our GM, and Amanda, our head coach, and Michelle Akers, I'll tell you right now, they could not be more excited about the squad that they got in camp right now. It's a lot of young, very hungry players. Yes, we bring back Marta and Sydney and you know some of these some of the most iconic you know players in the in the game, but mm -hmm. this just influx of young talent as well. Um, I think the team's gonna be really competitive. And I know I can speak for them when I can tell you like how excited they are about that. So these are gonna be the players that you know, over the next several years are going to be here and grow. Um, and, and people want to see them succeed. People want to see them win. People want to see us get into the playoffs. And so having a core foundation of, of young players to build upon and do that is so critical uh, in any professional sport. So I think that's, you know, we're, we're at a really good point uh, with the pride with that. And I, I think if I'm not mistaken, Ian's got, I can't remember the exact number, he's got a bunch of draft picks stocked up for next year as well. So I think this, team is is primed here over the next couple of years a lot of their young these young players that maybe we don't know today that are going to be over the next couple of years will come you know household names in, in in the soccer community that sounds great well jared dylan president of soccer operations for orlando city sc and the orlando pride thank you so much for being with us and spending some time with us and and, and you know giving us the club perspective we really appreciate it and we uh, we wish you luck in the new position no, I appreciate your guys' time. Thanks for having me. And, again, open invite for you guys to come down and spend a match with me and sit and talk. And I'd love to continue to, to learn more because uh, you guys obviously are the voice of so many fans and, and get to hear that feedback directly. So I appreciate you. I uh, look forward to coming back on the show at some point. And we're back, Dave. And there's really no substantive pride news this week it's been very quiet we expected maybe we might get some some signings this week of some of those players that were offered new contracts and 
we know they're eventually going to sign. They're in training camp and actually training. Maggie Doherty, Howard, Parker Roberts. Um, you know, we we know these these folks. Uh, Kaylee Collins. We know they're they're offered new deals. They're here. They're training. Presumably, they're signing, but they haven't yet. And uh, quiet week for the pride. Yeah, maybe we should have asked uh, Jared a little bit more about that <laughs> in the interview. You know, hey, what's, what's going on with the pride anyway? We haven't heard anything. Yeah, and I I am remiss. I usually will say this after our uh, after our interview. Uh, thank you so much to Jared Dillon. He was great. He was uh, very yes. gracious with his time, and uh, it was very illuminating getting to speak with him. So very happy with that. Um, one thing also I should mention is that that I didn't at the top of the show when we were talking about Alex Freeman is that his deal is through 2025 with a club option for 2026 so long term lockdown for Alex Freeman nice I like it looking for the future <clears throat> yeah alright David this is the week that the She Believes Cup gets underway yeah it is as this podcast drops uh, the very Next day, indeed, although very, very late in the day. have to stay up late on Thursday night to watch the U.S. women take on the Czech Republic. It's 11 p.m. Eastern kickoff time. Um, so, of course, we don't, uh, um, we don't sleep around here. We won't no. be up watching that game. <laughs> yeah. If you have the opportunity to take a nap before uh, 11, you might want to chance it. Yeah, so then they will also, the the U.S. women will play on Sunday against New Zealand, and uh, then they'll play again Wednesday, the 23rd, against Iceland. And I fully anticipate that this U.S. women's national team will win the She Believes Cup. I I think that's probably a pretty good bet. We don't have any of the other um, typical powerhouses that you think of in women's soccer in attendance, but there still should be some good matches. Yeah. All right. Um, I don't think we have a whole lot left to discuss before we get to our mailbag. The uh, the Lions, of course, will take on Miami FC today at 2 p.m. Today, the 16th, as this podcast drops. Not today, as you and I are speaking on Tuesday night, but uh, on Wednesday, the 16th, 2 p.m. game against Miami FC. The 2 p.m. start will prevent me from being there, and uh, so I don't think we're going to have a presence there, but we'll try to maybe do a little quick recap if we get some information out of that um the information is sometimes very tight-lipped uh but since other media members will be there we'll probably be able to find out some stuff and uh and have some information and then uh the last two preseason games come up friday and saturday back-to-back days Uh, i'm gonna guess a lot of kids will play in that tampa bay game on Saturday, and uh, you know, as Jared Dillon, I think, alluded to that as well. But um, that game and the game Friday against FC Cincinnati, uh, they're only open to the media for 15 minutes. So, yeah, I ain't driving down there for 15 minutes. Uh, that's a long drive, and uh, you know, it's not a lot of the game. So, uh, we'll have to rely on probably the visiting team social media to get information out of that, but uh, we will wrap up the preseason schedule by the end of the week. Exciting stuff because that means regular season's just around the corner. That's right. So they'll go right into that first week, having the week off between games to try to get into the normal schedule and the normal training schedule. 
and it will be uh, it will be upon us before you know it. You'll have, of course, the U.S. Uh, women's national team playing next week in the lead up to the first uh, home game, first game of the season for Orlando City Sunday the twenty seventh, one o'clock in the afternoon against Montreal Clubfoots. And uh, we'll probably get some information pretty soon on a Pride preseason. I talked to Jackie uh, in the communications department on Friday night and asked her about that. She said, they're working on it, and as soon as they have it finalized, it'll come out. So we're, uh, But there, it was confirmed there won't just be, they won't just be diving right into the Challenge Cup. They will actually have some preseason opponents. Which, hey, what do I always say? More soccer, better. Yeah, anything that can get the club ready, uh, mm-hmm. a little bit more ready, that would be that would be uh, preferable. So, very exciting, very exciting time. And uh, like I said, we should get some more pride news next week, and we'll have plenty to talk about on the men's side. But uh, why don't we get to our mailbag, Dave? I think that's a great idea. I love our mailbag box. Mailbag box time. And, of course, you can reach our mailbag box two ways. One is to email us at the mainland at gmail.com. And the other way is to hit us up on Twitter. At the mainland is our Twitter handle. And you can use the hashtag AskTMLPC. Once again, use the before mainland. And main is M A N E. No, there's no I. If you were doing Wordle, you'd get it wrong. You would, you would not like that, but it's only four letters, so you'd yeah. really be wrong. Really? I've been doing Quartle lately. Uh- I I did uh, Quirtle based off of what you had posted, and I actually completed the Quirtle today. So yeah, I did too. It was uh, it was difficult, but um, I like it. And I also do the practice ones a lot because you could just it'll just keep bringing up new ones. Like if you if you want to do the practice ones, if you don't if you don't want to only do one a day. Yes, I've done some of the practice ones as well. It's it is challenging. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, my best one was I got all four in six guesses. That's all my right, best. That, yeah, that that beats me. Mine was in seven, which is what it was the one today. I think it was three, four, five, seven. I think what I got. I think I, I needed. I think I needed eight today to get. I think I had like two guesses, two or three guesses on my last one. And I was guessing something it was like one letter missing. And I would guess a word. And it was like. It's either this one or this one. I would say the wrong one. I would use the wrong one. So it happens. But yeah, anyway, this is really good podcasting right now. (laughs) Let's get to the mailbox bag or mailbag box. I always forget. It's mailbag box. box. Yeah. Either way, we'll answer to any of it. Uh, So our first question comes to us from Tiger Tamer. We have a a question still in the the, uh, hopper from Tiger Tamer. Uh, wanting our uh, Eastern Conference and Western Conference uh, predictions. We're going to do that next week, so it's still coming. But this week he says, This season I will be traveling with my sister and my girlfriend to Orlando for the very first time to watch an Orlando game. Is there anything that I should know before I travel down to Orlando? And is there a restaurant or place to eat that you would recommend within walking distance of Exploria Stadium? Also, is there a specific section of the stadium that is best to view the game? I'm going to start with the last one first. All right, go for it. So the last one is uh, the best place to view the game from. Um, I think it's always a hoot to go into the standing section in the 
north end. It is a trip. It is wild. It is a fun time. Uh, you will enjoy yourself. You'll get plenty of exercise, and uh, it's a lot of fun. But if you would rather sit, uh, you can't go wrong anywhere else in the stadium. There's great sight lines all over the place. Indeed. I agree with you, though. You know, if this, you're coming in for your first time, and and especially if it's not, you're not going to be able to get down for a, a bunch of matches, you know, here and there, go do the standing section, you know, get up and close with the supporter groups. It's it's an experience to mm-hmm. be certain. And and if you're lucky, like the last time I was down and it was my wife's first match, you know, we got to be, you know, mere feet away from watching a goal get scored for Orlando City. And that's just, it, it's all the better when you can read the expressions on the faces of the players after they score. So I, I recommend that as well. Yeah. Uh, as far as near the stadium, there is a wonderful brewery just down the street. Um, the uh, Broken Strings Black Cauldron Combined Brewery down the street. It's a cup, about a block, uh, maybe, what, two blocks uh, east, east of the stadium. West, sorry, yeah. west of the stadium. Uh, that's pretty a pretty good place to get a beverage. I think they normally have a food truck out back or something, but if you want uh, something else... There's a lot of good restaurants in the, in the Church Street Station, which is a short walk away, and that is east. That's on the uh, the downtown side of um, of the stadium. So uh, plenty of places over there. Um, I think they closed the Orlando City Pub um, that was over there, but uh, there's plenty of places in there, like lots of really good restaurants in there. So I wouldn't say. Uh, that I could recommend one. I just say there's something in there to your taste. It, no matter what your taste is, there's something in there for you. Well, and as somebody that doesn't live there, I'm going to defer to your knowledge on that. Although I will say when we were we were down last time, you're right. There were a ton of choices as to, you know, if if you can think of what you want to eat, there's a place that will accommodate. Thank you for the question, Tiger Tamer 33. Uh, here's a question from Matt St. Aubin. If you had to choose one of the following four to play striker for Orlando City this season, would you choose? Here are the four. Okay. One, Tiger King. Uh, two, Nikki Minai. Three, Tim Tracker. And four, Taylor Swift. Wow. Um, I'm, I'm going to go Taylor Swift. And the reason I'm going to go Taylor Swift is she's pretty tall. So I think she could be a target striker. So I'm going with T Swift. Well, the good thing is too, is if she misses a sitter, she can shake it off. Yeah. Yeah. Just shake it off. Just shake it off. Um, I think, uh, I don't want Tiger King anywhere near, um, any lions? No, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so no, uh, Nicki Minaj annoys the crap out of me. So no on that. I don't even know who Tim Tracker is. I have no idea. This must be a, you know, we're too old. Yeah, to, we're old. Uh, uh, is this like a, like a, is this an influencer? Is this a YouTuber maybe? I think it's a YouTuber. It is indeed a YouTuber. Okay. Well, um, I don't like that. 
Uh, I, I I'll go with you. I'll defer to you on the the Taylor Swift. Like I said, if she if she misses a sitter, she can shake it off. Uh, if she has to play striker, uh, but hopefully she'll be like the fifteenth string striker, and we won't have to use her. And we can use Air John Kara because that's why we pay him big bucks. Exactly. Taylor Swift is five eleven though. Yeah. Okay. So you know, I don't I don't know how good she is at I don't know how good she is at the soccer's. That's all I'm saying. Probably in decent shape though. Yeah. Well, yeah. Probably. I think I think that's a good choice. She could she run for ninety minutes? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe she could be a uh, you know a lazy forward that doesn't track back and defend. <laughs> All right. Um, Lee Gavlik has uh, right. returned to the mailbox. Here says hello. Uh, I don't collect much, but I do collect Orlando City jerseys. So I'm excited to see the new road kit unveiled at. Friday's City Art Jam. Is it Friday? I thought it was Thursday at sunset. I don't I don't know. Whenever it is. It's at the Art Jam, whichever whichever day that is. Uh, my question is which name and number am I getting on the back of this year's shirt as long as he's on the current Orlando City roster then I'm completely open to whatever you two decide. The fate of my 2022 jersey is in your hands. Wow, that's uh that's some that's some big responsibility there. Um, with great power comes great responsibility, <laughs> and we have great power here. I am drunk with the power right now. <laughs> yes, the possibilities are swirling through my brain. Oh man, um, I, I I'm leaning one of two directions. I'm I'm either leaning towards uh, a Janssen jersey or a uh, Faku jersey my thought is this is that people are going to run out and get the you know be try to be the first to get the dps i think the torres jerseys are going to be popular i think the cara jersey is going to be popular they probably already sold a bunch of both of them um i think we go with somebody young but maybe who's a little unheralded okay I think show some love for Cesar Araujo. I think you're going to like the way he plays. And he could be here for several years. He's just a kid. He's just 20 years old. So I I would get an Araujo number five. All right. I I like that. I like that. Um, Or you could get the mainland as the name. And uh, uh, when did we start? 14. We started in 2014, so you'd get 14 on the back. Yeah, mainland 14. That's yeah. even better. Yeah. Uh, we have the power, though. Are we going to make him get a mainland jersey? Ooh, that's true. Um, He'll probably get abused at the stadium. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if we want to do it. We All wanna... right, let's be nice. And, um, yeah, I'll go back to Araujo. I mean, I don't have a problem with the, a Robin Janssen or a Faku Torres one, but I, I like to... I like to pick out somebody different. I like to be, you know, get in on the cutting edge and be your own person and, you know, go try to be different. All right. I can, I can go along with that. So we have a consensus. I, I like that one. All right. So, there so you go. we want a picture, Lee. Please email us a picture of your new, your new Cesar Araujo number five, 2022 away kit. Yeah. Not only that, but I want to. Now now I'm going to be really curious and looking around to see who else has one of those. Yeah. 
Um, and I love the way Lee signed off. Lee Gavlik, a.k.a. The Gavler. Nice. Yeah. That's like straight out of Mystery Men. <laughs> the Gavler. It's The Gavler. He just runs around with a gavel, just beating, just beating, people the head. beating bad guys on the head. Yeah, I like it. He's the sidekick of The Shoveler. The Shoveler and The Gavler. Yeah. Very uh, complimentary heroes. Exactly. All right, that is uh, it in the Gmail. What do we got in the Twitters this week, Dave? We are light in the Twitters this week, but our uh, good friend of the pod, Ryan Smith, did step up, and he says, I have tickets to Tottenham hosting West Ham in March. Which player's jersey do I buy? You get a Chris Mueller Hibbs jersey. (laughs) Right, and then show up. Tottenham versus West Ham and have everybody look at you funny. It's that, it's uh, weird that everybody has decided to, to give us the power over their jersey purchases this week. Yeah, I know it really is. I, I would think that the obvious one, if we're if we're not gonna go the uh money badger route, uh would be a DK uh West Ham jersey. I mean, come on. Uh West Brom. West Brom, sorry. I mean, if you're transferring Daryl DK out here to West, West Ham. That's a good point. Um, <laughs> well, then, I don't know. I think we go back to Hibbs. Yeah, West Brom DK or Hibbs Mueller, they're probably not going to sell them at the stadium, so you're going to probably have to go somewhere else yeah, in the UK to buy else. that. Um, I'm sorry, who's Tottenham playing in this uh, this game? West Ham. West Ham. Ham, not Brom. <sighs> There were several letters the same, but not all of them. Well, I can't. I mean, if I'm give, if we're giving a serious answer, it's, it's it, who's who's at home. Uh, he says it's Tottenham's home. See, I don't think you can get. I mean, I don't know because I've never been, but I don't know that you can get a road jersey at the home stadium. So that has to be a Spurs player, right? One would think. And I hate Spurs. Yeah, I'm not real. Spurs are so Spursy, so yeah. Get a number one jersey and just have them put "so Spursy" on the as in the nameplate. Ooh, there you go. Spursy yeah. one. Spursy one, and and again, send us a picture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, preferably before they beat you up. Yeah, um, and if you aren't comfortable doing that and you actually want to get a real player just get a Harry Kane because he'll be sold soon enough and then it'll be obsolete yeah and uh, yeah I, I would do a really bad Harry Kane impression but it's really bad so well that it was right there it was right there in the name when you said really bad Harry Kane impression <laughs> <laughs> you didn't need to really explain it <laughs> Yeah. but alright uh, I think that's it for the mailbag Mailbag box. Mailbag box done. Close the mailbag box. All right. Just put the lid back on the mailbag box and tie it closed. Uh, That's it. There's, again, got to get your questions in for next week ahead of Orlando City's first game of the season. Yeah. Against Montreal. And um, there's two ways to do it, as I mentioned before. Just in case you weren't paying attention. Uh, you can email us at themainland at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter at the mainland with the hashtag AskTMLPC. 
two ways to do it, two ways to succeed, be successful in life, and get your questions in. To ask us literally anything, it can be soccer-related. It doesn't have to be. It can be a mixture of nonsense and soccer, like we got from Matt St. Aubin about the uh, the striker for Orlando yep. City. Um, yeah, any of those things. We'll answer you. You'll get an answer, and you might even enjoy it. You might even agree with it sometimes. Yeah, and if you don't, well, you still got an answer, didn't you? Yeah, and, you know, shame on you for asking. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well... I think we're done here. I think our work here is done. I think it is. Feels like we've been doing this for days, though. Mm-hmm. And we have. Uh, would like to thank once again Jared Dillon, the president of business operations for Orlando City Soccer Club and the Orlando Pride, uh, for being our special guest and informing us about what's going on in his world, what his plans are, and all of that good stuff. Lots of lots of good answers there. Hopefully, he will. Uh, you know, get through his fact finding as expeditiously as possible, and and formulate some uh, some new plans on on you know how to make improvements as uh, as he is looking for ways to improve your experience as an Orlando City or and or Orlando Orlando Pride fan. And I think it's uh, important to note that many Orlando Pride fans are not Orlando City fans, and vice versa. And some like you and I, we like all flavors of soccer. We do, except for Tottenham. Yeah, that's bad. Yeah. All right, that's going to do it. Uh, be sure to check out Dave on Twitter, at Mainland Dave. You can follow me, at Mainland Michael. Follow the Mainland, at the Mainland. Read our stuff at themainland.com. And, of course, you can like us on Facebook. And uh, one thing you can do is you can go to the old Apple podcast app give us a review give us a rating and a review if it's a five star rating with a review we'll read the review on the air we have no new ratings or reviews this week uh you guys the off season's now just about over it's time for you to start rating and reviewing again yeah look you know you you guys actually got an off season from having to do that and and lucky you because michael and i didn't really get an off season but he's right. It's it's time to you, you got to get back in uh, shape for the season, and that means getting out there and writing some stuff. Share this podcast with the soccer fans in your life. Uh, pass it along. Send links. Retweet our tweets. Whatever you need to do to get more people involved, because the more the merrier is what I have to say. I agree. All right, and uh, as always, if you want, you can take Dave and I out for a beer anytime you want. Also true. <laughs> That's going to do it. We'll be back next week to do uh, what we do every week. We're going to discuss the rest of the preseason schedule for Orlando City. We'll have some U.S. Women's National Team games to talk about. Maybe we'll have some pride news. Maybe, Maybe. there'll be some more signings. Maybe another homegrown before the season starts. You never know. Could happen. Could. Uh, we've, uh, we've seen... Brandon Hackenberg getting some games, a draftee from last year. Maybe he gets signed. There's Look, there's so much potential is what we're saying. Maybe Antonio Carlos arrives <laughs> in the nick of time to maybe get in a couple of couple of runouts before the season starts. Yes, if somebody could help uh, 
AC out, that would be really good. If Listen, if you are uh, a listener of this podcast and you're in the State Department, can you please give us a hand with Antonio Carlos? Look, we're not asking for much. Just, you know, grease the wheels. Let's get it going. And while you're doing us favors, could you deport Joseph Martinez, please? Yeah, I mean, that's just, uh, that's ongoing. And Carlos, and Carlos Hill. Right, correct. Yeah, Carlos Hill, could, he can go too. All right, we've done all the damage we can do, and that's a considerable amount of damage here on the Mainland Podcast. There's only one thing for us to do before we get out of here and see you again next week, and that's to say, go City, go Pride, go U.S. Women's National Team.